He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Morning, folks. So happy to be here with you. My, what a mighty change from yesterday afternoon at 82, and now it's, uh, I think it's 32. So that was uh, 14 hours of 50-degree drop, and yeah, my uh, shorts had to stay in the uh, drawer this morning, back to long pants and boots. So there you go, and looks like another wet, slickery, icy night. Don't know what that's going to pan out to. But I guess we'll all just have to stay tuned and see what happens. So we got six days left until March 1st. Six days until your chance to vote for the representative who you want in your party. I doubt there's any Democrats listening, but if there are, there is a Democrat primary as well. Um, But uh, most of you who are listening are going to vote in the Republican primary. And uh, we talked about that uh, yesterday quite a bit. There is these primaries are party business. These are not official elections or government elections. Um, And so the um, primaries is the time when you get to pick for your party who you want in your party to represent, to vote for in November. So that when you get to November, you don't say, oh, there's a look, they're both choices are horrible. And, And it's like, yeah, right now is when you can eliminate one of those horrible choices. And uh, just give you a little update on polling. You haven't seen much polling. I know there was an association, there was a, 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 um, a, a an organization, a group that was associated with the Allen West campaign that uh, put out some uh, um, uh, surveys. Um, you have been seeing them. They're, they show up in kind of like a circle, like a pie, right? We've been seeing those for a while. I never trusted those. They were very, there was just something off about them. And uh, so I ran into a survey a couple of days ago that is a compilation of internal surveys, and it shows Governor Abbott at 50.9% of the vote. Folks, we are that close if that uh, if this compilation of internal surveys or polls is is holds true we are just a hair away from keeping abbott under 50% so it is imperative that you go out and you get friends you go talk to people <clears throat> that you excuse me that you go talk to folks talk to your neighbors talk to your friends Talk to the people that you know don't agree with you all the time and tell them, look, I know we have our differences, but can we agree that Governor Abbott uh, took away all your constitutional rights in the last cup, in the last 18 months? Can we agree that he closed out? He did close down businesses. He did tell people they could not open their business. For me, that's enough. For me, that's enough. You, you don't even need to tell me anything more about a governor who says, Business A can stay open and business B can close, can, can, has to close. 
yeah, I, I don't need anything else from you. If you tell me that, I'm, I'm, I'm already know where I'm going to go. So I'm not sure why there's people out there still defending Abbott unless they agree with the idea, the concept that, yeah, whoever's in charge gets to decide who gets to open their business businesses. It's that simple. So you've got to get, you've got to go out, you've got to get folks engaged for the to keep Abbott under fifty percent. We're very, 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 very close, and it's going to be a dadgum shame if we wake up next Tuesday morning and we see that you know a couple of hundred votes is what put Abbott over the top, over fifty percent. Because you and I can make that change, we can make that difference. All right, so. Um, podcasts, um, for since, uh, July of this last year, um, every day I get home and I, a pull down a, a, uh, the podcast of this program and I clean it up, take the news and weather out and put it up on my podcast sites. Well, our website that, uh, keeps our podcasts has been having technical difficulties for over a week now and, uh, they're working on it. Um, I'm beginning to think it's a, a vast left-wing conspiracy because uh, they don't want uh, my interviews with candidates uh, going on to the podcasts. I don't know. I think Hillary is involved here somewhere. So, um, folks, we're, I'm going to do the best I can as soon as those podcasts are up and available. Uh, we'll be right back on the uh, all the different podcast websites and and you'll be able to listen here um, on our website, uh, Hill Country Patriot, because that's where the podcasts first go to. Hey, the uh, convoys on I-40 and I-10 that I'm starting to hear about, I need uh, listeners to keep me up to date on those. The dates I have right now is that on I-40, that um, the uh, there's going to be a convoy going down I-40 through the Amarillo area on the 24th of... Um, of February that would be tomorrow and then the one I'm hearing on I-10 is going to be the March the 5th it's going to drive past Kerrville if you hear anything different folks I can't keep up with everything all the time if you hear something different if you're tracking this please keep in touch with me Matt ranchradiogroup.com many of you have my personal cell phone number and you can get me through the Fredericksburg Tea Party website. You can even call the receptionist up here at the radio station and get a, a message to me through the receptionist, and I uh, I answer those usually on the very same day we get them. So here we go. i got a little bit of Ben Franklin for you, and then we've got Jonathan Sines on the line. Um, uh, let's see. Um, there we go. Here we go. Here's a good one. Take counsel in wine but resolve afterwards in water. Take counsel in wine, but resolve afterwards in water. You see what he's saying there? He's saying get your advice with a drink, but uh, when you uh, go to make your decision, do it uh, drinking water. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jonathan Sines. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I think I was off one day on the I-10 uh, convoy. The latest I have um, on the convoy going down I-10 is that it's going to go through Kerrville 
on March 4th. And so I'll keep you up to date on that. But that's the date I have on the I-10 convoy, March 4th. Right now, as we do every other Wednesday, I have Mr. Jonathan Science with Texas Values on the line with me. Welcome, Mr. Science. Hey, Matt. Good to be with you. It's always a pleasure to have you on here. It's a real honor to have you on here. I've been uh, following you, for lack of a better term, watching you, been part of your uh, the efforts of your organization now, and so it's uh, it's real special for me to have you on the air here. Now, we may have some um, listeners who are not familiar. We may have some familiar to, uh, some listeners who are not familiar with what Texas Values is and uh, Texas Values Action. Would you tell us who you are and what you guys do? You bet. So Texas Values and Texas Values Action are nonprofit organizations. But Texas Values, both organizations focus on protecting religious freedom, marriage and family, and pro-life issues in the legislative arena and in the courts. Um, One of our organizations focuses a lot on education, uh, court cases, media, educational work, legal work, and then the uh, Texas Values Action is where we do a lot of advocacy work. We endorse candidates in elections, and we're involved in, in that arena on the same principles. But we are the largest organization in the state of Texas that works on these issues. We have supporters in all 254 counties of the state. And later this year, we'll be celebrating 10 years. We started and it was founded in um, towards the end of the year in 2012. So, And I, I've been a practicing and licensed attorney for almost two decades. Man, you know, that sounds great. I remember when I first met you was when I started going to the Capitol, and uh, you were one of the resources um, that we were offered. You know, we had those Tuesday morning meetings, which I believe Michael Quinn Sullivan uh, put together, uh, uh, First Amendment Tuesdays, and then he ran that for a couple of years, and then I took it over for uh, two sessions um, and the, uh, that's when I first met you as a resource. And so you were, your organization was introduced to citizens who were showing up saying, these guys are here to help you. So I have a question for you. Um, my part of what I do here on the air is to try to motivate, to motivate people to get engaged at, at any level, what, whatever that level is. So we know that the next legislative star, uh, session is going to start the middle of January, um, in 2023, which uh, seems like a long ways off, but uh, <clears throat> it's not. So I'm curious about if someone showed up in your office or you ran into a, a, a citizen at the Capitol at the beginning of the session this next year, and they said, you know, I want to I, 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 I want to work with John. I want to work with Texas Values. I want to help you guys with Texas Values Action. What 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 is it you would offer a citizen? What how would that what would that look like? Well, our office is two blocks from the Capitol, so just that proximity helps out a lot. You know, we can be on the ground and uh, be close by and give people some insight uh, before they head to the Capitol or as they plan their day. But typically, you know, what's happening during the session? I mean, we can let them know that day. Are there hearings? What legislators should they be talking to? Uh, you know, what are some of the main issues that may be focused on that? So we can really have specific information from them, and that's based on the fact that we're, you know, we're one of the, I mean, we're the only faith and family organization that has somebody at the Capitol every day during the legislative session. And so, you know, we stay closely tied to what's going on so we can give people timely updates. 
we also have a booklet, the Texas Legislative Guide that we print, which is really a, about an 80-page booklet with a lot of information and details about the process. That's something that people can use, and it's it's got a map and a guide and all that kind of stuff on how things work at the Capitol. So just a couple of things we can offer. Uh, we have a lot of this information at our website, too, txvaluesaction.org. Absolutely, and I do know that if it comes to bigger issues, for an example, I know a lot of people who want to testify when it comes to life issues, when it comes to education issues, and I know in the past that we've, you know, we know, oh, there's going to be hearing on Thursday, and I've actually sat down with uh, members of your uh, uh, Texas Values Action Group, and they've read my uh, testimony and looked it over with me and, and said, hey, you know, this is a good sentence, but... Uh, you need to make the, take this one out. And, and so that's one of the advantages I've seen from your organization is the willingness to help citizens. And um, I'm just assuming that all of that is still going to be available when we show up in January of 23. So tell us about, and I'm on, uh, let's see, which one am I on? I am, believe I am on TexasValues.org. You have a church ambassador network. And uh, I have met Mr. English and actually visited with him a few times, who's in charge of that. And, of course, Pastor Jorge Tovar, um, th- this guy's a character. As he, I, I'm not sure if he's ever entered into any mustache contests, but I think he would be a winner. Tell us about your pastor's project, your church ambassadors, the network of Texas. How does that, how does that function? How does that work? What do you offer pastors? Well, we are a Judeo-Christian organization, so it's very important for us to have the ability to interact and connect with churches and church leaders and pastors. So the Church Ambassador Network is a project of Texas Values that's designed to help the shepherds of God's government connect with the shepherds of, of God's people. And so we think, you know, those relationships are stronger. If elected officials know who the leaders are with churches and vice versa, you know, our hope is that it's more likely that we'll see um, good government and things that respect the church and religious freedom and the values that we believe in as Christians. And so the Church Ambassador Network, they will pray with elected officials. They will share scripture. They'll share their Christian beliefs and really just try to be an encouragement and a support and, you know, just a, a witness of God to people and not to get into any political or policy discussions, you know, but just to provide that spiritual support and guidance and insight and presence with elected officials. Absolutely. I'm looking at um, on the website, txvalues.org, and the core principles of your church ambassadors. I love the second line. It says, number two, God does not fit neatly into political parties or political theories. He is not a Republican, Democrat, or independent. He is God. Neither is he conservative, liberal, or moderate. He is God. So can you, can you expound on that a little bit? I just love that. It's so simple. He's God. But say no more. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's important in such a, you know, a, a active season right now, right? We're in the middle of early voting. Main election day is next week, March 1st. And it does matter what God's Word says on the issues that we talk about and we care about. And I think people should be asking candidates and people about these issues. Um, but he is above all of those things. I mean, he's not one specific label. And so, you know, for the Church Ambassador Network, what that means is, 
you know, they'll talk to people that are um, from whatever different party because it's about how, how can you reach people on the different issues? How can you, um, you know, share the Bible with them? How can you pray with them? It's not, you know, an, an extension of some political party. And, you know, that we know that God existed long before any of these political parties or, mm-hmm. or um, specific groups came about. That's not to suggest that they don't have value and, you know, that some parties or entities are more seem to be more Christ-like or supportive of, of Christian principles. But, um, but that just gives you an idea of how that the Church Ambassador Network is, is not going to be caged in by some of those things, and uh, they're going to you know, provide that insight and, uh, and not be afraid to engage in a discussion um, with anyone that wants to, you know, is, is going to try to have a role in leading in government. Mm. I'm looking at no- another one of the principles. It says uh, only the gospel has the power to properly transform people who together transform a nation. You know, we've had a lot of people say recently that the only answer to what we're going through in the country right now is God. And I love the way you put the middleman in it, in there. The gospel isn't there to transform the nation. The, go- the gospel is there to transform us. And then we get together and transform the nation. I, I, I really like that one. I hadn't, I, I hadn't broken it down that way with those steps. Yeah, you know, and you think about um, how long the Bible's been around, right? Right. Um, before America, you know, before I mean, with other uh, countries and societies and movements and time periods. And so, you know, while we can think about our own challenges now, and they do matter, and they may be different in some ways, in principle, they're not all that different than maybe things that, uh, you know, at other time periods before in other parts of the world. So it continues to be valuable. And, you know, during this time of year, I do think it's, you know, it's good for us to think about what, what we can do individually and, um, and not be afraid to, to have conversations about some of these issues and to take people back to God's Word. When we think about important decisions that need to be made and we think about, um, you know, concerns we have about specific things that are going on in our communities, our state, and our country. Absolutely. Mr. Science, can you stick around with us through the break and... Uh... I have a question about uh, what some of the Austin School District is up to with a little camp they're going to pay students to go to. Can you stick around with us and talk about that? Sure. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. Go to, during the break, go to TexasValues.org, TexasValuesAction.org, and uh, we will be right back with uh, Mr. Jonathan Science. Y'all stay tuned. All right, folks, we're back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I have on the line with me Mr. Jonathan Science with Texas Values, txvalues.org, txvaluesaction.org, and we're going to add one more uh, website to that for you, and that is freevotersguide.com, freevotersguide.com. Uh, Mr. Sines, we have a few days left in early voting and March 1st, um, primary day, which is the day I'm going to vote on. Um, will Free Voters Guide help me make some decisions? 
Voters.com, freevotersguide.com, help me make some decisions? I think so. I mean, you're a smart guy, Matt. You know a lot about candidates, but uh, there's a lot of information on that website. You know, and, and through Texas Values Action, we have two tracks, if you will, for people, uh, two ways that they can go. They can go to our website, txvaluesaction.org, and they can see who we've endorsed. Okay. We haven't endorsed in every race that people are going to find on their ballot, but a number of them. Or they can go to freevotersguide.com, or they can go to both and say, okay, I want to make the decision for myself. I want to know how these candidates have voted, what's their voting record, who they supported, who supports them, and that's what you'll get on freevotersguide.com. You'll get a lot of information. You'll get a, uh, I think most of the candidates have a rating, whether they're conservative, liberal, moderate. So a lot of good information uh, that people can find during this election season on both of those sources. So the uh, the Texan dot news, the Texan dot news, uh, run by a friend of ours. Um, yesterday had a story, or maybe it was the day before, about uh, the Austin uh, Public Library is going to be paying high schoolers to attend a camp. And I thought, well, isn't that neat? And then I looked down, and it says, you know, the city of Austin has a teenage pregnancy prevention program and i think and man that is really great you know we need more plant uh, yeah and then i stopped myself and started looking more into this article but the um, austin healthy adolescent program is going to uh, schedule some day camps in austin and it's uh, to, for teenage pregnancy prevention and it's going to be based on a program that is an LGBTQIA plus friendly curriculum. How, tell me, how is, is that, uh, do you think that kind of program is going to prevent teen pregnancy, Jonathan? Well, I mean, look, a lot of these programs um, are designed to push a political or a sexual agenda. And so, and we saw this on the uh, social media sites for Austin Public Library. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is within a short amount of time, they had taken it down. They had taken down the Twitter post on this because they were getting a lot of negative attention. Hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it just looks really suspect that you're going to pay high school kids, many of them are, that are under 18, you're going to pay them money to learn about sex? Something yeah. does not sound right. And so... Um, you know, I, they got a lot of pushback very quickly. It's not a surprise, I guess, that the city of Austin would do something so uh, concerning. Right. And I think, you know, sort of, I mean, I think you could almost suggest, they're, you know, that they're preying on kids that are going to be on social media instead of reaching out to parents. It's just a lot of things that can be concerned by. We've gone up against the city of Austin and their public libraries for having Drag Queen Story Hour and all this other stuff before. So... They do have a track record of, of engaging in a lot of what I would consider risky, dangerous, and um, you know, behavior that's not suited for children. Do you? Uh, so this seems very similar to that. Um, but I, I would caution people against participating in this, and I just think it's um, it's just a way for them to to really promote uh, a very concerning agenda that's been rejected by the state board of education. It's been rejected by a lot of parents. And families, and so in the in Austin ISD is not teaching sex education this year in large part because 
of our work and other people that pushed back against the school district and exposed some of the things they were doing. So it seems like now they're like, oh, well, let's go over to the library mm. uh, system and try to use that. But um, And that's why we do the work we do to push back on these issues, to educate people about having the right people in elective office uh, so we can have good government. You know, the um, I'm just, one, someone asked me yesterday um, on that program, they said, do you think they have to have parents' permissions to go? I know the age, it's only for 13 to 18-year-olds, eight, only, isn't that, yeah, funny, I said it that way, only for 13 to 18-year-olds. I'm wondering if uh, there is a parental, do they need parental permission to that? I, I, I don't know. Maybe you don't know either. Um, I checked their website. There is a form that you have to fill out and it has a button that asks whether or not you're over 18. I don't remember what else was on there after that. Mm. Um, so, but I'm not confident that even if they have a question that asks if you're over 18 or not, if that means that they're actually getting some type of confirmation that, you know, you've got parental permission to do this. I mean, the whole thing is is really suspect. Um, and, and I think it's something that people should be concerned about. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see some other elected officials pushing back, whether it's city council or who else, but it got a lot of attention, um, a couple of days ago. I don't remember if that was yesterday or Monday. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, uh, very soon after that, their tweet, the, their post on Twitter was taken down. I don't know mm-hmm. if they may have posted it again somewhere else, but, um, you know, and, and we see more of this, unfortunately. We continue to see these efforts by some government officials to push these issues. And, you know, a lot of times when we see it, they try to suggest that this is about educating students and about prevention. Then you look at some of the curriculum and some of the stuff they're teaching, and it seems to be largely focused on here's how you have certain type of sex or they normalize certain type of um, activities outside of marriage for kids that are very young. You know, and it seems to be more of, well, we know you're probably going to do it. So here's some other things you should be thinking about, um, you know, in that course of action instead of, um, you know, a message with caution and extreme concern and real prevention and abstinence. I mean, the the reality is abstinence is the only 100 percent way to prevent sexually transmitted diseases and uh, and and pregnancy. I mean, you know, that's a fact. Um, um, But um it, it just a lot of times it comes across that they're almost promoting sex. They're normalizing some risky sexual activities that a lot of times you'll see or maybe, um, you know, tend to be talked about quite a bit in same sex settings. Mm-hmm. And I just think, um, you know, it's it's a real concern. But um, we're going to look into it. I know other people are. and um, But it's, it, it helps when people push back on these issues. And that's why we work on education. A lot of people don't realize that we have a new state law, that sex education in Texas is opt-in, that the school has to have your permission first in order for them teaching you about sex education. Um, It's been opt-out before, which means you would have had to send a form in to say, don't teach my kids now. They've got to have permission from you first in order to teach about some of these uh, concerning issues of sex in our public schools. So if if, uh, if your child brought one of those forms home, does the parent have a right to go to the school or call the school and say, look, I'm not going to, you know, I want my kid to be, uh, to get some education on this, but I want to see the curriculum, all of it, before I sign this form. Can Texas parents do that? 
Absolutely. Uh, I need to check the um, specific chapter. It's either chapter 28 or 26 of the Texas Education Code. And there's a lot of detail in there about the rights that parents have. I think we may even have it linked on our website um, on these issues. And so, um, and a lot of parents don't realize that, but that is very well established in state law. But, you know, if you don't ask or if you don't bring this up with your public school, I don't know, they may not, they may not make you aware of it. So, but it is there. And if people want to email us with a little bit more detail about how to nav- navigate that, we've done that quite a bit for, for parents and families. Um, they can reach out to us and we'd be happy to help. And that would be through txvalues.org or txvaluesaction.org. Yeah. And uh, that would be a good way to get into contact. I'm going to give a little bit of a, of a preview two weeks from uh, two weeks from today, starting on uh, March the 7th, that's a Monday, um, we're going to have an entire week's worth of programming about some of the materials that are in our schools, library books here, and, and not, you know, in a school in Indiana or, or Virginia, but a school's library books in our middle school in Fredericksburg and in our middle school and high school over in Kerrville. We've started getting some pushback on that, and one of them is that, you know, you should just be grateful your kids are reading. You know, that was one of the lines. And then the other lines we've heard from one of the teachers is that, well, the students have a First Amendment right to read this trash. Now, she didn't call it trash. She called it these, you know, important books. Where, how does a, how does a parent uh, answer back to those kind of lines that, you know, well, you should just be grateful your kids are reading. What does a parent say to that? Well, I mean, they need to bring the law to the school and say, look, the education code says I have these rights, period. Like, I'm not arguing with you about these other things. Uh, And so, you know, and if you have problems, get your state representative or state senator involved, reach out to us. We can press these issues too, but to not get into these other sort of side distractions about you know whether or not you should be grateful for this or that state law says i have a right to see it i want to see this information okay you know and so i think you got to just be you got to be firm and direct that way on these type of issues all right folks it's another uh, another wednesday with uh, jonathan science this is um hey, yes Matt, sir one more thing before yes. we finish go ahead go ahead to be aware we're going to send a press release out on this later today but tomorrow we'll be at the Texas Supreme Court because the Texas heartbeat law case is now in state court. You know, it's been in federal court. The law has prevailed three times at the U.S. Supreme Court. But the abortion forces and all those groups, they continue to try to find a way to keep some court case alive, thinking someday they might, you know, get some type of victory against the heartbeat law, which they haven't been able to do so far. But now the case has moved to Texas uh, state court, and it's at the Texas Supreme Court. A portion of it is on Thursday morning, and our team's going to be there to listen in person for what's said before the judges. So uh, when I come back on, I'll let you know what happened. All right, there you go. Thanks for that information, folks. Y'all be praying for the yep. Supreme Court tomorrow and those that will be traveling to uh, hear that. Mr. Science, thank you again so much for coming on, and um, it's always a pleasure. All right, thanks, Matt. I appreciate you. God bless. All right, there you go. Folks, uh, we're going to take a short break, and... Um, I think we're going to have Victor Avila, candidate for uh, land commissioner, the office of the commissioner of land, uh, land commissioner. 
Um, Victor Avila, a lot of fans in the Hill Country of his. So y'all stay tuned. We're going to have him on the air to wrap up today's program. All right, folks, uh, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. I have on the line with me uh, Mr. Victor Victor Avila, who is running for um, land commissioner. And, man, I tell you what, we have a, there's a lot of people in that race. Victor, how are you doing? How are you feeling about your campaign? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. And um, absolutely feeling great about this uh, race. Uh, totally expect to be there uh, March 1st. If I don't take the whole 50%, I know I'll be in the top two for a runoff. That sounds great. Um, that's You know, there's a lot of people around here that are very impressed with you in the Hill Country, and we've had, uh, I believe this office, we've had more candidates on this uh, radio program for the land commissioner office than we have, I believe, for any other office. In fact, I think a lot of us are learning so much about what the office of the land commissioner does that really shocks us. Um, and um, and one of her, it surprised us, let's put it that way. I started seeing ads about with land commissioners talking about CRT and critical race, and I'm thinking, what in the world? Y'all stay in your own land. Y'all do oil and gas and land and all of that. I'm I'm wrong on that. Tell me how it is that uh, you, you can take on critical race theory as a commissioner for the land office. Well, uh, first of all, the uh, the money that's generated by our natural resources of oil and gas and mineral rights and offshore drilling, those resources and then are put into different funds. One of the biggest funds is the permanent school fund, and that permanent school fund is billions of dollars that is then sent to our school districts and universities and this is where the critical race theory comes in because i'm against critical race theory i'm against the teaching of that at our children the pornography the uh the teaching them of racism and uh indoctrination of our kids a lot of marxist agenda and i'm thinking why in the world is the state of texas still continuing to send the money to these school districts that want to teach that to our kids and do not have the same Texas values that most of us have. And so I'm going to do something about it by challenging those funds, by standing in front of that process to slow down that money and say, if you're going to continue to want to teach this to our kids, well, maybe you don't get the full amount of money that you usually expect because what's happened in the past, this office has become a rubber stamp and no one questions anything. And it just kind of flows through this office. They tell me, Victor, this is a pass-through office. Well, it's not going to be a pass-through office with me. I will challenge this just when it comes to uh, for the permanent school fund. Same thing with our veteran benefits. I will make sure that the, those are well spent, and I have a lot of ideas to expand those benefits for our veterans. They have always been left behind. Um, I have a lot of ideas of uh, to process our veterans that are on the street. I, you know, I every time I go to the border, I see a new pop-up facility that houses uh, and processes illegal aliens. Mm. But it gives them shelter, it gives them food, it, gi- it gives them all this stuff, but it, it's not for our Americans, and especially not for our veterans. And I'm kind of tired of that. I want to do something for our veterans that will pick them off the street that same day, 
process them, get their administrative paperwork ready. Maybe they need an ID. Maybe they need, they need a bank account. I'm talking about real-world help here. Then then uh, stream them and, and into the VA system. Uh, so I have a lot of plans with, uh, with that. And, of course, the protection of our land. This is what this office does is to defend Texas land, over 13 million acres of it. And I'm not going to sell it to China. Uh-huh. You know, we sold 140,000 acres down in Valverde County in Del Rio, Texas area, right next to Laughlin Air Force Base, to the CCP. And uh, how in the world does that happen? You have to have a lot better vetting. You have to be able to, as a land commissioner, keep an eye on this. It's not like they went and bought a ranch for 15 acres. We're right. talking 140,000 acres. And, and what are their intentions? We know the, the threat that we face from China. Heck, they're in Mexico helping the, the cartels with all the precursors and all the, uh, the chemicals to make the poison that they continue to bring in here, the fentanyl and the methamphetamine. So that's a, a big national security threat. It's a public safety issue, and um, I'm going to bring a lot of law and order to this office. You know, the, um, we do understand that the, uh, uh, the Texas Land Commission has a lot of uh, uh, management over some of the property along the Rio Grande and on our southern border, and, and can have, that office can have a, a real, uh, can be a real benefit to those of us uh, trying to protect, the, protect our southern border from invasion. You are a, are you still an ICE agent, a retired ICE agent? Tell us about your experience as an agent. Absolutely. I'm a retired ICE Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent. I worked most of my career on the border, not just on the Texas side, but I worked on the Mexican side. And let me tell you, I know firsthand the, the threat that we face from these evil cartels. They killed my partner next to me, and they shot me three times. And I survived that horrific attack in Mexico while I was on official assignment over there. I know firsthand what we face with these uh, highly sophisticated organizations. They're no longer just drug cartels. And you're absolutely right. This office has uh, an incredible amount of authority to place barriers, walls, whatever you want to call it, infrastructure, roadways, technology on our state public lands right at the border but also negotiating with the private landowners, which I've already been talking to them. I was in Kinney County just about a week and a half ago talking to more ranchers, more landowners that are fed up with the incredible amount of traffic that is coming through their illegal traffic, coming through their ranches, the destruction of their land, the property, the fences, their livestock getting away, the trash that is left behind, plus armed cartel members patrolling on their property, on the Texas side, and they're afraid. They're afraid in their own property, and frankly, no one has stepped up to help them. I come in with this border security expertise. Uh, I'm a subject matter in human trafficking, and uh, I will bring all that knowledge to finally uh, disrupt what is happening right now down down at our southern border. Now, I have heard and I have gone down. I've been in Kinney County and gone down to the border there as well, and and I've heard from people down in that area that the, uh, the the cartels are actually purchasing properties on the American side, on the Texas side of the river that are right on the river. And I, you know, you hear someone say that in the streets or in a burger joint or a coffee shop, and and you just kind of say, yeah, yeah, I'll bet they are. 
Is that is there some truth to that? Is there the ability for cartel people and to come in and just buy buy land on the Texas side of the river, and that way they control both sides? You're absolutely one hundred percent correct. They are buying not only they own the Mexican side of the land, but they're coming over to Texas and buying the Texas land. But you have to know this: it's not the head of the cartel that's doing it. They have a lot of straw. Uh, what they call straw purchasers, you know, clean background people, business, mm-hmm. shell businesses. They try to cover it up. the money laundering businesses that want, that are buying the land. Now, we have a landowner down there. Let's say the property is worth a million dollars. Here comes a cartel member that offers them $5 million. And yep. it's, it's, it's very hard to turn that down. Well, now they own that part of the, of the river on both sides, the land of the, on both sides of the river. And it's very, it's a, a major threat. You know, we're going through this whole Ukraine um, invasion <laughs> by Russia. Mm. But no one is paying attention to the invasion that we've been dealing with for over a year here. Right here next to us, not 6,000 miles away. Yeah, We must continue to bring the attention. There is no press conference on the southern border. There should be. And uh, I'll be uh, America's border czar. I'll take that responsibility to finally secure the border. You know, there is a, uh, I was reading, by the way, folks, uh, d- tell us your website. My my bad. Victor, how can we find out more information about you? Where do we find you on the interwebs? They can go to victoravilatx.com, victoravilatx.com. It has all the information. It has my bio. It has my all my, uh, you know, serving as a diplomat, all my experience that I bring. I bring a lot of experience, a lot of things that as a law enforcement officer is, you know, you were knocking down doors and arresting people. I did that as well, but I also bring a lot of knowledge when it comes to crisis management and homeland security. That's what we deal with when we get hit by hurricanes. I worked Hurricane Katrina on the ground. This office, the land office, deals with that and de- and teams up with FEMA to uh, take care of Texas citizens when we are under a, a natural disaster like a hurricane or a tornado, and so people, a lot of people don't know that part of it. I bring that experience from doing it on the ground. I'm going to hit this office, uh, and I'm going to hit the ground running. A very little learning curve for me here. I will, uh, I will be able to then brief and, and get with the, the DPS and all the other officials to collaborate and uh, bring that experience to finally do something there uh, at the border, crisis management, the veterans, the schooling, um, I want people to understand that I bring a wealth of information and experience that I want to be able to give back as service to the citizens of Texas. All right, folks, we have about a we have about a minute and a half, uh, Victor. Um, I'm uh, you were on the Carol ISD Diversity Council. I find that very. Tell us about that. What does a diversity council at a high school look like? Let me tell you, they tr- they created this with all very. This is the left, by the way, uh, that created this quote unquote diversity council to attack racism. But the reason I was chosen is because of my last name. They assumed that I was a liberal, <laughs> and they got a real dose of a conservative in there. I couldn't believe my eyes and ears of what they were trying to put through our school system. And I I, I shouted out. I was the first one to expose them because I was from the inside. I felt like I was working as the undercover agent years ago. Mm. And uh, they, they want to hire teachers based on their skin color. 
Can right. you believe that? This is incredible. Yeah. And so uh, I was able to uh, sound the alarm, and the community came together, and with a lot of help of a lot of people, we got some board members out, elected new conservative board members. We made national and, as a matter of fact, international news in South Lake uh, as one of the first ones to fight this critical race theory agenda that these uh, leftists want to bring into our schools. Mm. All right, VictorAvilaTX.com. We're going to spell that V-I-C-T-O-R-A-V-I-L-A-T-X.com. Y'all check it out. Mr. Avila, wish you the very best. And um, uh, just, um, yeah, March 1st is right around the corner. Be safe on the roads out there. And thank you for taking the time uh, to come on to the Matt Long Show today. Thank you, Matt, for having me. I appreciate it. All right, folks, there you go. VictorAviLaTX.com. Y'all check it out. Going to give you a little scripture here. We're in Ephesians 4. Uh, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And this is, this is the, the next verse is the hard one for me. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Boy, I have a hard time with all of those. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Folks, uh, y'all keep, um, man, I'm telling you, keep uh, the uh, Texas Supreme Court in your prayers for tomorrow for their, what they're going to be hearing. And uh, Gordon and Rachel, keep them in your prayers till I hear uh, better news. Y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow.